the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Well, hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. I arrived thinking I was going to a place climatically similar to the place I live, Southern California. And shall I say, in an effort at understating, I made a mistake. I left balmy Southern California and arrived, and it was 33 degrees. I was the only person outdoors with neither a sweater nor a jacket. It shows that when you live, wherever you live, the world in which you live is, becomes normative. Good, bad, middle, it's the human condition. Anyway, welcome to the show. The devolution of our society continues, and the tip of the spear is saying that men can become women and women can become men. Broward High School students stage walkout in support of transgender student. Now, you have to understand, it's not a matter of support of a transgender student. It's support of a transgender student competing against women. A man who says he is a woman competing against other women. So you realize that if it was hundreds, I, I, I have to take the article at face value, I guess. And if it was that amount of kids in this, in this high school in Florida, they were marching against the women's team. They were not just marching for one narcissist. I say I am a woman, therefore I can compete in sports against women. That's pure narcissism. You can't get more directly narcissistic than that. Uh, I say X, the world will adapt to my saying I am X. That, that's, it's, it, it transcends arrogance, it enters hubris, and it confirms narcissism. So they are marching against their own girls' team. My God, I get to Florida often. I would love to speak at Monarch High School. Hundreds of students 
you know, I don't buy this notion, well, they're kids, and, you know, what do you expect? Kids are, kids don't think clearly. First of all, kids can think clearly if they're taught to think clearly. Okay, no, that's number one. Number two, if the kids can't think clearly, why do you accept it when they say that they are the other sex? Why is that all of a sudden clear? So if that's clear, then these kids are clear. And you should be ashamed of every one of those kids who marched in that march. Those parents have wittingly, in many cases deliberately, and in many cases not, produced a fool, a moral idiot for a child. See, this is not a matter of accepting people at face value. This is a matter of destroying female sports. That's the issue. The issue is not do we allow this person, if this person now looks like and acts like and takes a female name. It's none of our business. Fine. Do do what you want. It is now, it is a matter of shall we protect girls in female sports? Why have, I have, if I could ask them one question, if this is okay with you, then why do we have girls' teams? What would they respond? What would these pathetic kids... See, this notion of, oh, they're just kids, don't attack kids, then why listen to them? We're told all the time, listen to kids, listen to kids. So you can only listen, but you cannot criticize or even attack If they were 25 years old, could I attack them as moral idiots? At what age do you cease to be allowed to be? At what young age? In my religion, after 13, you're an adult. These kids are well over 13. Hundreds, they say. I really wonder if that's true. Might be. Stage the walkout during school hours. So, see... If we lived in a country that had rules, they would all be disciplined for walking out of class. But there's no such thing anymore. As my father used to say when I had him on my show on his birthday every year, biggest difference between the America he grew up in and the America of the time we were speaking was that the kids run the house, not the parents. The kids run the schools. In fact, the kids run the government. Leftism and childishness are very much related. I feel you will honor my feelings. One day after their principal and four other staff members were reassigned to non-school sites amid an investigation that a transgender student had been playing on the girls' volleyball team. State law, God bless Governor DeSantis, called the Fairness in Women's Sports Act, prohibits transgender female students from playing on women's and girls' sports teams. It does not affect transgender men playing on male teams. In other words, if you're a girl, you can play on a man's team. The event, which lasted about a half hour, happened on school property and was peaceful. The group congregated at the football field starting around noon before making their way to the fence at the parking lot on the north end of the school. Once there, they shouted chants 
including Let Her Play, Trans Rights Are Human Rights, and Free Cecil Now. Cecil refers to monarch principal James Cecil. I'd like to speak to James Cecil. If Aladdin brought me a magic lantern and said, I give you a wish, it would be to speak to James Cecil. Alexandria Almeida, senior monarch, says she heard about the walkout through social media Monday. So a lot of my friends posting about what was happening, what was going on, she said, and I decided that I wanted to go with them out there and be supportive. Of what exactly? Almeida said she thought the five staff members to be reassigned was, quote, ridiculous that it was happening in the first place, unquote, and hoped the walkout would, quote, bring more awareness to the situation so that people see what's happening in our Florida schools. So, dear, dear Almeida, Alexandra Almeida, people are seeing what is happening in Florida schools, and it is one of the reasons Florida has a remarkably great net immigration, as opposed to California, which has a net emigration. We do look at what is happening in Florida schools, And we decide it is better to send a child to a Florida school than a California school or an Oregon or Washington or New York, et cetera, et cetera. My dear Alexandra, you have allowed yourself to be guided by feelings rather than reason, by feelings rather than morality. But that's the way people have been raised all of my life in the United States. I have been talking about this for 40 years. We live in a feelings-based society. How do you feel about it? Not there is a right and a wrong. How do you feel about it? Well, then it lists the other four employees. Finally, At a brief press conference Tuesday morning, Broward School Superintendent Peter Licata said he had heard some adults at the school wanted to start the walkout. He said the school district had reached out to staff there and to the Student Government Association about it. Quote, we understand, he said, this is, who is this? Broward School Superintendent. Now please tell me what this statement means. We understand and we will always protect students. I don't know where it started from. I do know that we want to make sure students are safe. What does that mean? I'm I'm not at all sarcastic. So what is his position on a boy playing on a girl's team? He's the superintendent of Broward Schools. What? What, does he have a position? S- students should always be safe. If you really want students always safe, you don't want a male body on a girl's volleyball court. Girls have been really hurt by uh, guys who say they're girls, smashing the ball in their face. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> 
There's something to be said for being at the right place at the right time. Those words couldn't resonate more than when talking about buying gold. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed, Coin, and Bullion. It is my choice for precious metals. When you're buying a house, is your preference to buy when the mortgage rates are low or high? Would you prefer to buy gold when the price is low or high? Curiously, most customers wait to buy gold and then purchase when it's a panic buy with soaring prices. Nick Grovich, AmFed's owner, had a client recently tell him, I'd rather buy gold 10 months too early versus 10 months too late. Don't wait and panic. Timing is everything. Call Nick and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion. Nick's been in the industry over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build long-term relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call AmFed Coin and Bullion for a free coin performance review. 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Whenever I'm down, I So I was reading to you of the uh, truly foolish, truly, truly foolish, incredible, kids are out there demonstrating against their women's team. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Hey, we're we're uh, out here at uh, Monarch High School in Broward County, Florida, in order to make sure that your girl sports is destroyed in in effect by having a man play in it, a male play in it. I got another story on this. Catholic Women's College to admit students who identify as women in fall 2024. That's even more depressing because it's a Catholic school. When leftism trumps Catholicism, you have... uh, Look, it trumps Judaism among many non-Orthodox Jews. It trumps Christianity among many liberal denominations of Protestantism. It is very hard for people not to adapt adopt the values of the society and and hold on to the values that they were supposed to hold on to. It is much easier to be a sheep than not to be. St. Mary's still working on housing plans, President says. St. Mary's College will begin admitting students who identify as women. That's their quote, identify as women. In the fall of 2024, the president of the Catholic institution recently announced the new non-discrimination policy non-discrimination uh, yes that's that's that it shows it's the non-thinking really non-discrimination well that that idea by the way is what motivates a lot of the moral breakdown non-discrimination you can't discriminate really so they don't discriminate between good and bad That's what's happening in the Middle East. Vast numbers of people in the West don't discriminate between evil and good. Israel is good, not great, not morally perfect, 
but damn good. And Hamas is evil, pure, undiluted, unrepentant evil. But that's discriminatory, isn't it? As you will hear in a montage we will play from Oakland, you can't even call Hamas terrorist. The inversion of reality that is taking place, it is all a part of a piece. The odds are overwhelming, but not absolute, of course not, that the great majority of people who believe that tr- that men who say they're women can compete against women in sports are also not pro-Israel, but pro-Palestine or Palestinians. It, it it almost all there's almost always a a world of ideas that are shared among people. If I know two positions you take, the odds are I know twenty positions you take. Do you think that the people that I will play for you speaking up, the American the American uh, non-Muslim. Muslims are not at peace with uh, transgender. But the uh, the American non-Muslim who speaks up against Israel, do you, you think they're for having men who say they're women compete against women? I, I, I would say it almost is an ironclad rule. The new non-discrimination policy, see, that you discriminate if you, if you don't allow men who say they're women to join a women's college. I, I'm hoping that Catholics won't send their daughters there. This is the giveaway about the value system of St. Mary's. It's in Indiana. The new non-discrimination policy at the Indiana school states that admissions will be open to undergraduate students, quote, whose sex is female and who consistently live and identify as women. Well, that, wait a minute. Now I'm really confused. Then the headline, if that is correct, that's the opposite whose sex is female. Oh, I made I knew I made a mistake. I knew you see, thank God I listened when I read. Or not and I'll read it again. Admission will be open to undergraduate students, quote, whose sex is female or who consistently live and identify as women. There you go. St. Mary's President Katie Conboy informed the campus of the change in an email last week saying the Board of Trustees, quote, fully supports it. Really? The Board of Trustees of a Catholic women's school support it? I was just reading because I will be, I will be, Joining once again with Jordan Peterson and others for the Daily Wire review or study of the Gospels. We did the book of Exodus last year, millions of views. So 
They've invited me to rejoin this time to discuss Christian scripture. And in Matthew, Jesus says, God created male and female. Apparently, God had a binary view of human sexuality, according to Jesus, not to mention the Old Testament. My friends, I'm asking you to go online to DennisPrager.com and click on the Angel Tree Christmas banner to help make Christmas a reality for children with a mother or father in prison this holiday season. When you give today, your tax-deductible donation will combine with that of my other listeners to give 17,000 children of prisoners the joy of an Angel Tree Christmas, a special Christmas gift plus the Bible and a personalized note from their incarcerated parent. It's a very beautiful thing this Christian organization is doing. You don't have to be a Christian to believe it's beautiful. So please call 888-206-2801, or go to DennisPrager.com and click on the Angel Tree banner to bless a child this Christmas. Thank you. The ease with which many religious people abandon core values of their religion in order to blend in with the the greater society reconfirms a belief that I have had for quite a number of years that very few religious people take their religion seriously. They think they do, but it doesn't shape their lives. It shapes their emotions, it shapes their faith, but it doesn't shape their lives. So here's a good example. Another, another, because this is not by any means the first, Catholic women's college will accept men who say they're women. St. Mary's in... uh, in Indiana, and they're proud of themselves. It, it, it's quite remarkable. Do they, do they have a, a scriptural or specifically Catholic basis to do this? No, but it doesn't matter. They don't answer to God. They don't answer to the Bible. They answer to public opinion. Public opinion of the in the education world is there's no such thing as a man or a woman you are what you say you are there's no objective reality to male or female we are by no means the first catholic women's college to adopt the policy with this scope what does that mean with this scope but all right this is what the president of the was she the president yeah Right. Katie Conboy. In drafting the language for this update, I have relied on the guidance of the executive team and others to ensure that our message is not only in line with best practices for today's college students, but that it encompasses our commitment to operate as a Catholic women's college. Really? But that's, see, the first part of the message is really the message. That 
what we're doing is in line with the best practices for today's college students. Even in the second part of the statement, she doesn't say is in line with Catholic teaching. The announcement drew backlash from students, women's sports advocate Riley Gaines, and others. This is the same St. Mary's that wouldn't allow a student-led TPUSA chapter because their messaging on biological sex, quote, does not align, unquote, with the college's mission, Gaines wrote on X. If I were an alum, I wouldn't give this school another dime. Riley Gaines is terrific. Claire Bertag, a junior at St. Mary's, told the Daily Signal she is concerned that women will be forced to share bathrooms and living quarters with men. Well, of course that will happen. It's already happened. The narcissistic pen, Leah Thomas, walked naked in the uh, in the women's locker room at Penn because he said he's a woman with his genitalia intact and in a saluting state. St. Mary's College is no longer Catholic, Betag said. That's correct. It is no longer a women's institution. That is correct. This is fraudulent misrepresentation at best. Every student should be entitled to a refund for fraudulent misrepresentation. An attorney should file a class action lawsuit against the college. They have abandoned their faith and they've abandoned the women. That's correct. Earlier this year, two affiliated Catholic colleges in Minnesota, the College of St. Benedict for Women and St. John's University for Men, adopted a new policy allowing, quote, non-binary, gender-fluid, and gender-nonconforming individuals. Yes, all three noted in Scripture. Scripture is filled with references to the non-binary, gender-fluid, and gender-nonconforming. To enroll in a men's or a women's college based on the sex with which they identify. Okadoke. Wellesley College, of course, did that in 2017. 1 8 Prager 776. We move on upon return. I'm going to move on to something in Oakland, but first I want to take a call because this is so related to what I was speaking about. Matt in Chicago. Hello. Uh, hello, Dennis. How are you? Well, thank you. Been uh, listening to you for years, and uh, big fan of PragerU. Thank you for both. Yeah, my uh, <clears throat> youngest daughter was just accepted to St. Mary's in South Bend, Indiana, about two weeks ago, and uh, being a devout Catholic family, there's a reason why we wanted her to go to a all-girls Catholic school. So, go on. Well, I just heard your 
Oh, you didn't know about this. You didn't know about it until you heard it from me. Uh, Interesting. Just heard it from you. So we're very excited that she got accepted, and she's currently online looking for possible roommates. And I just heard you mention this, and I didn't know if it was the same St. Mary's, but I'm assuming it is. It's the sister school of Notre Dame. Uh-huh. And I got to tell you, I'm pretty floored because uh, <laughs> she could be. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I'll tell you this. Not so I'm curious. Are, are you debating whether she should go? I am. I'm going to make a couple of phone calls. But, you know, and I got to tell you, we toured the campus, beautiful campus, you know, lovely sure. people there. I was very impressed. Um, yep. You know, even in the dorms, they have their own uh, chapels in the dorms, and it's really seemed, from what I saw, conducive for not only studying but for also maintaining your faith. And, right, right. You know, it what's, shows what's the you point of an all girls power. School if it's not all girls. Yes, that's right. Well, all it takes is a handful of parents to take their girls out or. Uh, not allow them to begin to attend, which would be your... I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just saying if that happened, I be, I don't believe that all of these people, all the trustees of this school really believe that it is in line with God's will, with uh, with following Christ, to have boys on girls' teams at an all-girls school. It, I believe that they're weak. Weakness is the human condition. That is the norm. So they will bend, just as college presidents bent when they wouldn't condemn Hamas. And then all of a sudden, alumni said, are you are you crazy? And then they said, oh, Hamas is evil. Or Hamas is terrorist. The, to be the head of a school in the United States of America, in 98% of the cases, you mu- you must qualify as a weakling. <laughs> Agreed. Depressing. Truth, truth is not hard to well, find if you're you know if you're what? For yeah. It. So listen, call me. I'm very serious. I want I want to follow your case. So call me in a week uh, and tell the screener I asked you to do so. You're the one with the daughter enrolling in St. Mary's in South Bend. Very curious to know what will happen. If religion doesn't give you courage, of what use is it? Uh, this is an honest, sincere question. Doesn't following God entail not following man? Who are they following when they do this? By the way, I would assume as well you don't have to be religious. If, if you're an atheist and just use reason, why would you allow men who say they're women to compete against women in women's sports? This is a rare instance where I don't, I don't even know why it's an advantage, and I'm always arguing for God-based morality, but I'm not even sure that the, is, it's a big advantage here. Pure reason independent of any faith in God or Scripture, 
should suggest to a person who has the, the ability to use reason that it is wrong. That the entire purpose of women's sports is that men not compete against them. That the man says he's a woman is of no consequence. Zero. Nada. Isn't, isn't that just logic? You, you would think, obviously, that uh, religious, a religious school would be the first in this regard to stand up for, for reason, not to mention their religion. How long is the montage from Oakland, Mr. McConnell? So can we squeeze it in before the break? Good. Okay, I want you to hear what happened in Oakland at the city council. They had a resolution condemning Hamas. Here are some of the speakers. There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance. As an Arab, asking with this context to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist. The notion that this was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. Many of those killed on October 7th, including children, were killed by the IDF. An amendment condemning Hamas is bald propaganda meant to... Thank you. Your time is up. To hear them complain about Hamas violence is like listening to a wife beater complain when his wife finally stands up and fights back. Question. Did anyone else notice that those who oppose this resolution are old white supremacists? There's been a lot of atrocity propaganda ranging from claims of beheaded babies to mass rape. Hamas is not a terrorist organization just because the U.S. and Israel um, deems it so. Hamas is a resistance organization that is fighting for the liberation of Palestinian people and their land. Wow. Okay. Come in on that when we get back. Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year for a limited time. You'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, marking prices down as low as $29.98, depending on the size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcasts square, and use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager. The President Series at PragerU is really terrific. You've got to watch it. The latest is Rutherford B. Hayes, about whom 99% of Americans know nothing and 90% never heard the name. These are fascinating introductions. I've bought books as a result of those president videos. So you heard the speakers at the Oakland City Council, which has a resolution up 
to condemn Hamas. What you heard was mind-blowing. I might note that virtually all the speakers were female. Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it is not. I've spoken about that issue on a number of occasions. And the last one notes that it was, that is, the resolution was offered by old males. I think that's what she said. Huh. That there are people who think that that is an important point proves the damage the left has done. So if younger people made the resolution, that would be, that would give it more validity. Did you hear how many said that this is a lie, the whole October 7th narrative is a lie? It was the IDF, that is the Israeli army, the Israel Defense Forces, that killed their people? Do you understand that we have a a significant percentage of fellow Americans who believe that? Israel slaughtered its own citizens and then blamed it on Hamas? There's very scary people. The hatred of Israel is so deep that you, you can't, you literally, most of you can't imagine it. Because we don't have an analog in the United States. The desire to wipe out Israel and its inhabitants is deep, is the deepest yearning of most Palestinians and many non-Palestinian Muslims. Yeah, the deepest. That has been true from the beginning. There are those who build and there are those who destroy. Most Palestinians are in the latter category. I wish it weren't so. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Male Female Hour, second hour every Wednesday. Part of the reason I picked Wednesday because of the word wed in Wednesday. It's not so, but it sounded great. In fact, it sounded absurd, but I love the absurd. In fact, we're bathing in it in our society. It's the most honest talk I know of in American media about men and women, and I welcome you to the Male Female Hour. Here's a subject I don't believe I've covered in all these years of doing the male-female hour. And it is it concerns the ability of people to make others happy. In fact, I will probably do the same subject, but in a different way of phrasing it, on the happiness hour. But specifically to the male-female Did you marry, there are a lot of questions here, did you marry somebody in the hope that that person would make you happy? 
And here's one which will probably really resonate with a lot of people. Did you marry someone in the hope that you could make that person happy? You can start calling in now. 1-8 Prager 776, because here is the Prager hypothesis on this issue. People can make other people miserable, but rarely can they make them happy. That's right. The ability to make your life miserable exists in among humans, but you make yourself happy. Thinking that somebody else will make you happy is the root to anger because it won't happen, and then you get angry. You feel like you're a victim, which we specialize in in America. If you are not a white, heterosexual male, you try to get a BA in victimhood, an MA in victimhood, and a PhD in victimhood. But that is another question. Did you marry thinking that you could make this person happy? How did that turn out? By the way, if it turned out well, let me know. I'm curious. How did it turn out? Or, conversely, did you marry thinking this person will make me happy? A lot of people do. By the way, many people do this not consciously. They don't think, oh, I'm going to make this person happy. Or, this person will make me happy. That power has not been invested in people as a general rule. Now, I always challenge myself when I offer a a hypothesis. So, is it absolutely true that no one could make you happy? So, I, I question myself. I have a very wonderful marriage. Does my wife make me happy? Well, I am a happy person, but I have to acknowledge that her being in my life is a source of extraordinary joy. And I hope that is true for her. But I can't say that she made me happy and she doesn't want to have that role. Everybody would prefer that they marry somebody who has worked on themselves to be happy. So it's a a slightly complex question. Can, Can we make others happy? That we can make others unhappy is a given. That That is absolutely true. Generally speaking, if you're unhappy, let's put it this way. I am happier thanks to being married to my wife. That I could say without, there's not a a question about it. But I, but 
the the bottom line was I was a happy person, or I am a happy person. So I am happier. So in a sense, you can make someone happier, but you cannot make someone happy. Maybe that's the the more precise way of putting it. Many people want to fix the person that they choose to marry. That's, that is why this is on the male-female hour. That is a big mistake. Marriage is not a fixer-upper. You, ideally, what you want is somebody who has already been fixed, as it were. I don't mean neutered. But they have worked on themselves. And they come to you, not as a complete package. Hopefully, we're all better, thanks to our spouse. We're better people. That is an ideal, and I subscribe to it, and I live it. But that is not the same as fixing somebody's life. See, because so many people come as somewhat damaged goods from their own home and will look to marriage, and it's usually not conscious, as something that will fix them, that will heal their wounds. And then when the person doesn't heal their wounds, they get angry at them for not healing their wounds, not fixing their situation, and then it's a big problem. So those who are single listening to this and do want to get married, and I hope it's true for every single. It's very important to realize what marriage can do and cannot do. It cannot fix your problems. The only problem marriage can fix is singlehood. And yes, I regard that as a problem. There are many wonderful people who are single. That's It's a given, but I regard it as a problem because a better way of life is marriage. It's amazing that that is controversial in the United States of America in the beginning of the 21st century, but it is. That's really the only problem it can fix. The rest you have to work on. Big subject here. All right, let's see. Let's see, indeed. Denver, Colorado. Chris, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Good. I, my wife, of 42 years, and I met each other when she was 15 and I was 18. And... We basically, it wasn't love at first sight or anything like that, but we became really good friends and we got married, um, what, four years later. And like I said, we've been married ever since. 
And I didn't marry her. I married her to make her happy. But I see what you're saying about happier. Ah, good. That's important. Hold on there. Back in a moment. So the question on the table in the male-female hour is, did you marry to make somebody happy, or did you marry to have somebody make you happy? My contention is a good marriage can make a happy person happier, but it can't make an unhappy person happy. You make yourself happy is my biggest belief on the happiness issue in any event. So back to Chris in Denver. You met in high school. And yes. you've both made each other happier. Is that correct? Yes. And okay. we had so many setbacks and so many problems, but we made not only a good couple, but a great team. And it seems like when she, something went wrong with her, I was there. And when something went wrong with my life, she was there. And I tell you now, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I mean, she's, she, she's, she's, She's in my incentive like I am hers. That's and a beautiful thing. We've had a great marriage. We have two ki- two boys and, what, four grandkids now? And they're, it's, it, they're, ex- they're great. Just out of curiosity, give me an example of one of the big setbacks either of you or both of you had. Oh, I'll never forget. When we were – our first house, we had to rent from my sister. That was two doors down from my mom. And we started off with a a bed, a TV, a living room table, and a kitchen table. That was it. That was that was it. I worked fast food, and she worked at different places. And it, I, I I had a I had a motorcycle uh, year round for two years. That I had to ride that. That's all I had to ride. And I rode, I remember one time I was going down I-70 and it was snowing. Buses were getting stuck and I was on a motorcycle. And I remember uh, dropping it one time, getting it up and, and just keeping on going. Uh, she, it seemed like when she was laid off or had a problem with her job, I was there and vice versa. Well, bless you. Okay. So it was, it was in the realm of the material in particular. One of the odd things that I hear from young people is, yeah, oh, I definitely want to get married, or we definitely want to get married, but I'm, I'm waiting till um, you know, financially uh, stable or whatever, some variation on that theme. And I, and I thought, I, I never, literally, I, we have to do that, Alan, as a uh, male-female subject. I don't even understand that. It's not a matter of I don't agree with it. Why will your marrying increase your financial instability overwhelmingly we have the data that it increases your financial stability that was never the case in the past i we won't marry till you know i I make x amount of money or whatever you marry and then you make x amount of money anyway thank you sir i appreciate uh and i'm happy for you no question about that. Okay, let's see here. Okay. 
Well, Akron, Ohio, with Gina. Hello. Hi, Dennis. Thanks so much. What a great topic. Um, you know, I cannot remember consciously thinking whether my now husband made me happy or if he thought I made him happy. Uh, I can tell you we felt so happy being together as a couple. And as importantly, I had a three-year-old daughter who had been abandoned by her father when she was seven months old. And he made her ecstatically happy. I knew we were going to make a happy family. That part is what really, truly made me fall in love with them. And 35 years later and four kids later, um, we're still still at it. Huh. So what age were you when you married? I was uh, 21 when I married the first time and had our daughter uh, about a year or two years later into the marriage. And I was uh, 25 when I married uh, my husband now. Your daughter from the previous husband, does she Mm -hmm. refer to your husband as daddy? It was the first thing we did is she, uh, he adopted her right away. She was ecstatic. And I remember we had a cake and the cake said, daddy, little girl. And she was just thrilled with that. And uh, she never knew her, her father left when she was seven months old and never saw him again. So he was the, my husband is the only person. And all of other children, until they were grown, we left it up to our, our daughter at the time. It's up to you if you would like your sisters, your siblings, and brothers to know. But we're just one family, and that's what we'll always be. And so the, what happened? Did the they kids, find out? Yes. My, my oldest daughter told them probably when each of them were in their mid-teens. And they were okay. <laughs> no big deal. Did it, it did it affect the way they saw her? No, never. They they treated exactly the same. You would never know. Yeah, well, it's the way it should be. I was just curious, yeah. curious if the should yeah. and the is are the same. Yeah, absolutely the so, same. They they all get along, and you would never know there's a difference. And, of course, you know, my, my husband adopted her right away. And um, So let me ask you, were, are you, are you, were you at the time of marriage a basically happy human being? Yeah, I've always been a really happy human being. Right, so that's my thesis. A good yeah. marriage can make the happy happier, but yes, it doesn't make the unhappy agree. happy. Yeah. And like the other gentlemen, we had real true tragedies in our family happen. And um, through those times, I can remember because it was especially hard on me the most. And I remember one one morning my husband got up and he said, you know, that kitchen you always wanted. And I said, yeah. And he said, I'm getting you a new kitchen. You deserve it. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, how can we do this? We can't afford it. I don't care what it costs. If I work five more years later into retirement. You deserve it. You need to be happy because you've done so much for us. And I did. Wow. Well, I got to let you go, but that's, you know, it's nice to hear from happy people. Think about that. How often do you have that in the American media? Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400.
I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I chose you for the one. Now we're having so much fun. You treated me so kind. I'm about to lose my mind. You made me so very happy. Did you marry thinking somebody would make you happy or you would make some that person happy? And how's that turned out? So the last caller was an example of my theory that a good marriage can make the happy happier. But a nobody can make you happy if you're not happy. You can you have to make yourself happy. I have the same view, by the way, of money. Money can make the happy happier, but it does not make the unhappy happier. It often makes the unhappy more unhappy because they thought it would solve their problems, money, and it didn't. It can solve monetary problems, but not others in thine life. Okay. Let's go to more calls here. Uh, Christopher in Atlanta, Georgia. Hello. How are you doing, Dennis? Okay, thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm married with the intentions of, or the desire to make my wife happy. But with all the effort that I had to put forth, um, it made my life miserable because. <laughs> it, sorry for laughing. Because yes, it did make my. You see, and, it, and and what it did, one of the one of the, um, uh, I guess one of the the bad sides of it is the fact that whenever she didn't get happy, I used money. I used some of the money that should have been going to things that she would never see, but probably the money needed to go there. But I wanted to do something for her. I kept attacking her happiness with money that should have been going to other things. And it got me in more financial difficulty. And then when my financial difficulty was discovered, then of course the happiness intensif the unhappiness intensifies now. See, because I misplaced priorities trying to make her happy, and then it got me. Are you still married? Yeah, I am still married. We're separated, but married. Interesting. Why are you separated but not divorced? Well, uh, that's kind of a last-ditch kind of thing for me. Uh, Oh, so, so you're still trying to work it out? Not really, but it's just a big step. 
Uh, no, of course it is. I was just curious. I wasn't recommending it. I was just curious. Well, thank you. That's true. If you keep trying to make the unhappy happy, you'll get you'll get unhappy. <laughs> That's a very valid point. All right. Colorado Springs, Anne, hello. Hello, Dennis. How are Hi. you today? Thank you, Will. It, it is an honor to speak to such a wise and kind man. Thank you. Go ahead. I was married to a man who was, oh, absolutely brilliant, uh, scientist, and I desperately thought I could, I could make him happy. He thought I could make him happy too, but I couldn't. I couldn't, and it was exhausting. <laughs> yes, a good way to put it. It is exhausting. What finally happened? Um, he kept looking for something, something that would make him happy, and he chose alcohol and adultery over and over again and died of cirrhosis of the liver. Well... You're a living example of the subject of the hour. You can't make the unhappy happy, only they can. Back in a moment. Hello, everybody. Welcome back or to the Dennis Prager Show. I played for you at the very end of the first segment of the show a montage of statements made at the Oakland City Council because they were considering a resolution condemning Hamas for October 7th. I'm sorry. I thought I said the last segment of the first hour. I said the first segment of the first hour? Interesting. Okay. Well, it was the first hour, and it was at the end. And I played for you statements made at the Oakland City Council by resident after resident condemning the City Council for considering a resolution condemning Hamas. The moral decline in the United States, and obviously... I'm not talking about all Americans. But this would have been inconceivable a generation ago. And what they said was, I want you to hear, just play the first as an example. She was not the only one to say this, but this should shake you to your core. Listen to this. There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization okay, is ridiculous, there you go. racist. Israel murdered its own people on October 7th. Do you, do you know that I bet a million Americans, mostly on the young side, believe that? 
We have prepared a generation to suspend critical thought and to believe the, the, the absurd. That is one of the many reasons men give birth is so dangerous. It trains people to suspend reason, to say to themselves, what I have seen, I didn't see. Here's another one, New York Post. A member of a Maryland task force aimed at combating hate crimes published numerous anti-Semitic social media posts. Okay? This is a member of the Maryland task force aimed at combating hate crimes, including claiming that the babies brutally murdered in the October 7th Hamas attack were fake. Fake. Babies were not murdered. There is a baby that is being held hostage. I never believe that there there can be a, a new form of evil that I have not already read about or heard about. But this is new. Kidnapping babies? And they have now transferred the baby Hamas to another terror group? And a member of the Maryland Task Force against hate says that it's fake that babies were killed. And she compared the nation of Israel to Nazi Germany. And if you do that enough, you convince people. Zainab Chaudhry, an anti-Israel activist who serves as director of the Maryland Office of the Council on American-Islamic Relations, CARE. It is amazing that CARE, which is a radical Islamist, theocratic, anti-democratic, America-hating, Jew-hating, Israel-hating group, is honored by groups like the ADL. This is a typical care member, that the baby, the baby reports are fake. And she's director of the Maryland Office of Care. Will care fire her? If, if they do, that might actually contradict my description of care. I will never be able to understand how the world summoned up rage for 40 fake babe, Israel babies while completely turning a blind eye to 3,000 real Palestinian babies. Okay, number one, we don't know whether 3,000 is accurate. It's given by Hamas. We didn't take Nazi or Japanese figures, literally. And it may be true, and it may be a fake number. But in any event, there is a moral distinction between targeting babies and babies dying because of the bombing that you inspired, you started. German babies were killed. Japanese babies were killed. 
Despite the post, Chaudhary has maintained her place on the Maryland Commission on Hate Crime Response and Prevention, a position for which she was nominated by Democratic Maryland Attorney General Anthony Brown in August. (laughs) And Jews will continue to vote Democrat. It's another little revealing piece about the world in which we live. Greta Thunberg chants crush Zionism at a rally. Red State reported on this. I'll read a little to you. Watch Greta Thunberg takes the mask off fully as she chants to crush Zionism at disturbing rally. The left has pushed forward Greta Thunberg for years to tout their climate change agenda. You weren't allowed to criticize her, according to them, because she was a teen. Yet they still wanted you to accept what this child, who had no scientific background, was saying. And because it was about pushing the agenda wrapped in a package, you weren't supposed to criticize or point out any problems. But now with the Israeli-Hamas war, some are seeing another side to Greta who has become very involved with the anti-Israel movement. She was embroiled in an anti-Semitism scandal over having an octopus, an anti-Semitic trope, on her shoulder. The octopus, for those of you who don't know, the octopus is an an old few hundred years uh, symbol of the Jews controlling the world, like an octopus It has eight legs, and it's wrapped around earth. While she held a sign urging people to stand with Gaza, she claimed that she hadn't intended it that way and that it was something to help with her autism. It's well known that octopuses help the autistic. I have an autistic stepson, lives with us. I never actually heard that, that an octopus will help. Maybe we'll try it. Then as she was speaking at a climate event in Amsterdam, she tried to make it an anti-Israel event, wearing a keffiyeh and asking two activists up on stage. A man who thought he was there for a climate demonstration tried to intervene and bring people back to the subject. He was dragged off the stage. No climate justice on occupied land, Greta continued to chant, unconcerned about how the man had been treated. No climate justice on occupied land. Thunberg also marched through the streets of Amsterdam with the crowd chanting the radical leftist chant, A, anti-anti-capitalist, next to a black and red flag. Black stands for anarchy and red is for communism. It's a flag that has been carried by Occupy and Antifa. If that wasn't clear enough, she was recently caught chanting Crush Zionism while participating in an anti-Israel rally outside the Israeli embassy in Stockholm. You can see pictures of the video of it at Red State. Yep. 
Many of the participants at the conference defended Hamas, saying that the terror group's actions against civilians were purely self-defense. The protesters argued that Hamas has the same right to defend itself as Israel. Okay. Crush Zionism. I'll talk to you about that when we come back. There's a lot of confusion about Zionism. So, all of this. So, Greta Thunberg, I was reading to you, chanting, Crush Zionism. And we have really a combination of bad human beings, anti-Semites, and ignoramuses. Sometimes they're all the same. Saying Zionism is not Judaism. Amazing. People who know nothing about either say that. Zionism is as part of Judaism as, I was going to say, kosher food, which is totally part of it, but even in many ways more so. It is Kosher isn't mentioned 152 times in the in the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, as it is called. But Zion is. Zion is a name for Jerusalem. That's why there are Christian Zionists, more than Jewish Zionists. People who believe that the, the Jews can come back to their homeland. So that we live in this world of lies like you heard. I read to you and you heard the pictures of the killed, murdered babies. E- either they're not true, they're fake, as one said, or they were done by the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces. They killed Jewish babies. Maybe the thinking of Hamas, which has no problem in killing its own fellow Palestinians, but it, it, the, the lies are stupendous. Zionism is part of Judaism. It just is. Jews who pray, three times a day they pray, and they pray three times a day, and may you gather our people, our dispersed ones, from the four corners of the earth to go back to Zion, to go back to Israel. This <laughs> Zionism is not part of Judaism? There, that there are Jews who say this doesn't mean a damn thing. There are Jews who say that Judaism doesn't believe in an afterlife. The, the, the fact that somebody is a Jew is irrelevant. The, the question is, what is what being said true? So everything's fake. Zionism is not Judaism. It's not the same thing as Judaism. It's contained in Judaism. God, Torah, Israel is, is one way of expressing a, a Jewish trinity, if you will. It's ancient phraseology. God, Torah, Israel. Okay? Jews who don't believe in God, Torah, or Israel 
are now instructing us on what is Zionism and whether it's part of Judaism. Shocking moment, Jewish teacher is forced to hide in her classroom at a Queens high school as, quote, radicalized, unquote, students rampage through hallways while demanding she be fired for attending a pro-Israel rally. This, this has never happened in American history. There is one example, horrible, truly horrible. I think it was, I think it was Atlanta, but I'm not sure. Or in the area of Atlanta, a Jew was actually lynched. There have always been anti-Semites in America, but America has never been anti-Semitic. But with the influx of vast numbers of people from the Middle East and the decline of Christianity, this is the inevitable result. American Christianity honored Jews. European Christianity did not tend to. But here, yes. There's an amazing story, this story. This is from the Daily Mail. Shocking moment, Jewish teacher is forced to hide in her classroom at a Queens high school as radicalized students rampage through hallways while demanding she be fired for attending a pro-Israel rally. The teacher had been photographed at a pro-Israel rally, sparking a hate-filled response from students who demanded her dismissal. One educator at the school said that administrators and officers with the NYPD, New York Police Department, rushed to the aid of the teacher and locked her room door during the chaos. Huh. That's really something. This is what happens. All right. <laughs> Just close my eyes for a moment to, to think about this, to meditate on a teacher, a Jewish teacher hiding from students at a, at a high school, Hillcrest High School. Well, yeah, you can see it. We should put it up at our, uh, at our website. Got another story for you. I mean, they're, they're, they, they're coming in fast and furious, as it were. A Jewish USC professor was barred from campus, targeted by anti-Israel activists with a doctored video. University of Southern California economics professor John Strauss, who is Jewish, has been barred from campus because of a doctored video circulated by anti-Israel activists who claim he said all Palestinians should be killed. In fact, as the full video shows, Strauss was referred to referring specifically to the Hamas terrorist organization. Yes, I told truth is everything. He never said all Palestinians should be killed. He said all the Hamas terrorists should be killed. And now he's barred from campus. Why didn't the USC authorities defend him against the lie? Why? Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast.
to hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.